Pints and Pies Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Pints and Pies Podcast. Pints and Everybody. Yeah. Brock's a cowboy. Yeah. Everybody. Brock stayed down tonight. Do 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 do. WWE is back. All right. Do 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 do. That's right. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the island of Halivancy. I'm the island of Halivancy, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation. She will not be defined by any Dan. She is the Dan, Danielle Radford. Thank you. I have never uh, separated my shoulder, thank God, but I've been injured enough that I feel like I can take that mantle. All right. The Triple H era has officially begun, and Mm. we got a lot to talk about. We're recording this on a Wednesday night, which means we will not have seen Dynamite. I'm actually bummed because there's a lot of like dynamite news that came out today that it won't have affected the show mm-hmm. tonight, but it will be something that at least affects the show in, like maybe next month or in a couple of weeks. You can talk about it. The floor is yours. It's your show too. One of the major things and probably the biggest thing that came out after this was that there has been kind of a communication problem in the organization as a whole with AEW and then with AEW acquiring Ring of Honor that uh, maybe, obviously, I'm sure people knew who to talk to, but there was like a breakdown. And so something that we found out today on Wednesday um, was that they have really, they like, they put out a press release that was like, hey, this is who is part of talent relations. And there's like a whole team. They announced a bunch of different people moving around within the company. My most exciting thing is that they announced a- Madison Rain. They might actually care about women's wrestling. Madison Rain, thank you. They might actually care about women's wrestling, y'all, because they are hiring a vet of the ring, someone who has long time been involved with, I believe she was um, like the the person for women's wrestling in Impact. And, and I've talked about this before. One of the best reasons to watch Impact ever has been their knockouts division. Like one thing, you can say whatever you want about Impact. They have always been great about taking care of their knockouts division. It has always been a place to go to like be seen and be discovered. And they, they've always done really good. And so now they have a woman who has like, got like what, 15, 20 years experience, both as a wrestler and as someone who has been a coordinator for uh, women's wrestling for the knockouts, which is a great division. This is exciting. I'm excited. I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that thing, but I am the woman of hope. Y'all know me. Don't make that face, Halbert. You know me. I love hope. I love hope. I am a hopeful, hopeful gal. And look, when it when it all falls down, um, we'll talk about it when it happens. But let me have my hope. Just give me, just give me a little suho, su- su- of hope. I want, <laughs> I want to have hope, Danielle. I want to have hope. I'm, I'm cursed. 
Don't be a vampire like me. Be you. Be a unicorn dancing on a rainbow out in a Skittles rain shower. And I'm going to sit here under the earth baking in my own resentment and with no one to blame but myself when things don't turn out the way I thought they would. There are so many talented women in that women's division, so many women that deserve a lot more air than they're getting. Adding more belts doesn't make a division better. It's giving giving your your incredible talent what they need. And what I'm seeing here is that she is a coach, so she will not have booking decisions. She will not have the power to get anybody on television, but she can certainly refine and work with with women there to either and that's huge having someone in their corner that can advocate for them in creative meetings that's that we can't we can't overlook if, that if that is something that she's doing if they're if they're like you're the coach we want you in here yes. coach to me doesn't mean like hey what do you think what do you think what storylines do you think we should do with this person but maybe so i don't know i've never drawn a check from the industry a day in my life this is the closest i've gotten to getting paid for anything for anything involving wrestling. And guess what? Uh, th- guess what? 99.9% of the people out there on Twitter spouting their opinions have made the exact same amount of money a- a- at it as I have. So no, n- there is no right or wrong, <laughs> but I do think uh, uh, I'm hopeful. I'll put it that way. I'm hopeful. Yeah. There's a lot to like in AEW. At this point, I'm just going to accept it for what it is and not assume it's going to okay. change. So if it does, pleasant surprise for me. And that's the way... Honestly, that's the way, like, as somebody who's a WWE fan for his entire life, that's the rut that we all got into a long time ago. Like, before that is we a would good sit point. and bitch that is and, and moan and complain. And honestly, like, they continually fall short. And there are a lot of people I know who I consider to be really smart and really, like, socially active people who, like, you know, you get to a certain part where you compartmentalize and go, well, it's better than then grabby McMahon and it's like you start playing the 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 what about and comparing and they did this and and so that like it's still young but no it's they started in 2019 they didn't start in the in the 40s 50s 60s into the 70s and 80s and being naturally they came in they know they know the game and it's and it's put together by people who really know the game who who have been in it who have been successful all over the world but it is one of those things where they it seems like they're at least we don't know what it's going to wind up being. So all I'm saying is I'm keeping an open mind and we'll know what happens in two months. And if if if, if in two months, because like things take time, nothing happens overnight. And if it's still the same in like a month or two, then we'll know that it was lip service. Not everything can happen as quickly as what has been happening with WWE, which is what. Yeah, let's talk about SummerSlam. This is from me making a criticism of AEW to me saying that Summer, this is maybe the best SummerSlam I've ever seen top to bottom. And part of that is recency bias. The other part of it is that I had very, very low expectations for it. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and I, I, we said this, we said this last podcast, we said this, b- definitely the podcast before where we were all yeah. like, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. we all sounded like British boats that were about to have teeth thrown off, <laughs> like off of them. <laughs> like, we, we were all full on in Eeyore mode. We're like, ha, ha. I don't know about wrestling right now, but I still watch it because I love it and I want to have hope. We won't know until later what was the decisions of uh, trips 
and what was the decisions that were already um, enacted. Because like you can't just um, you can't just change something like a huge pay-per-view like SummerSlam last minute. Although we say that and apparently they do it all yeah, the time. Yeah, I mean, Brock, Brock wasn't supposed to go over The Undertaker until like the day of. So exactly. you can make decisions going down the line. And yeah, we do it all the time. <laughs> like, you, yeah, yeah. As far as a WWE event has gone, I enjoyed this more than I have enjoyed a lot of stuff in a very long time. I'm sorry. Bringing back Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. Bailey obviously coming back is like, well, she's coming back from injury. She's going to come back. But having people who had been busted down or let go suddenly just be back out of nowhere is like, okay, that's a statement. They're letting us know some shit's going on. Bailey, EO Sky, and Dakota Kai are marching to ringside. Well, what do you do right now if you're Bianca Belair? Who just defended her title, said a brutal match. We do have confirmation that the Bailey, EO, and Dakota, uh, them coming together and them coming out was Hunter's call. So he has immediately come in and put his stamp on it. It felt different the past week. This show mm. felt like a summertime ice cream Christmas. Not in that like it's the biggest dream card, because it wasn't a dream card, I don't think. But I think by and large, every match at the very least like delivered okay and a lot of them delivered huge and the it was a lot of like the audience gets what the audience wants yeah you want becky to to be a face again because the heel run is over great here's here's the start of that you want you wish that 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 dakota kai and eo shirai had never been released they haven't they're mm -hmm. here look i'm sorry eo sky's fucking a dope it's name. a real it's a really good name sky has always been part of her branding mm -hmm. Why not make it part of her name? Yeah. It's so great. Folklore Brock. Ah, Lindsay's not here, so I can't do all of my labored Taylor Swift references. <laughs> <laughs> but Folklore Brock. So this was like when Taylor Swift went on SNL and they let her do all too well for like nine, ten minutes in a right. row. Like on the show. Except with a tractor. He turned over the ring with a tractor. I've watched every angle that's available mm. now. There is a tractor cam that you can now watch it from of Brock going and flipping it over. And it's like, this is literally the culmination of everything that it should be. And we know that he's going to go back on the mountain because that's what he does. And we'll have a good day. We'll see you when it's time to get back on the road. I was literally at my friend's house. I'm like bending over a couch and throwing it back. I'm like throwing my butt. I'm like twerking. I don't know how to twerk. I'm literally like, I'm doing every, I'm losing my entire fucking mind. You know why? Because Brock flipped over the ring like he was making a grilled cheese sandwich. It was amazing. This was maybe the best last man standing match I've ever seen from a storytelling standpoint. I loved all the craziness at the end. The tractor. 
I was nervous the whole time that the that the front loader was sitting in the rings. I was like, somebody's head is going into that. Him lifting the ring up, I've never seen that before. I've seen every way a person can bleed, get something poked in their face, get something raked across them. As soon as I see it, I'm like, this is too much. But that, mm-hmm. which people hate. Some people hate it because it's so ridiculous. Watching Roman tumble out of the ring as it's being lifted up is so good. And the end of it, of them piling everything on it, of him saying, mm-hmm. don't ever come back. Like every, all mm-hmm. the little moments in that. Every little moment of that. Paul Heyman going through a table. It also caps mm-hmm. off maybe the best run of Brock we've ever had. Where he enjoyed yes. every moment of it. The thing that works is the element of danger. Right. And so for a lot of them, there was a genuine element of danger where I'm like, oh, this is the moment where this person who I respect as an athlete lost their legs for the rest. You know what I mean? Like not lost their legs, but like, oh, this is the moment where I realized that this person was going to have to have surgery or like whatever. This was a way to do a spot that was wild, Mm -hmm. unexpected, but still seemed incredibly safe. He's done everything to a ring you can possibly do to it. He, he collapsed it with the big show doing a mm. suplex. Like he's he's mm-hmm. destroyed rings so many times. Brock Brock leaves a trail of broken rings behind him as he rides off into the sunset yeah. on his tractor. And if they hadn't had all the matches they had before, both good, bad, and indifferent, this match wouldn't mm-hmm. have meant as much. So there is something to yes. taking a long view, which again is something AEW has done really well in the few of their programs is building like a year long year and a half long program. Yes, long term storytelling. There's so much value in that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. sometimes your long term storytelling is a series of short term stories that are told. Let's talk about a few more things. Becky's injury aside, Becky's injury included, that match was fantastic. And immediately watching it, I was like, oh, they've set a very high bar. How do you do that with a separated fucking shoulder? She literally, and I didn't see the part where she popped it back into her shoulder, but she popped it back into her shoulder, which doesn't mean it's healed. It just means that it's not hanging off by a fucking thread like she's a puppet. I've done that to my shoulder. I did that in college. I popped it out. And then I jerked back from the pain and it popped back in. I guarantee it wasn't as bad as what she dealt with. And I can tell you that pain lasted a long time. And if you're in college and that happens to you, go to a hospital. Don't just go to the health center. Because all they'll know how to do is take your temperature (laughs) with one of those fucking plastic strips and then say, well, I don't know. It looks like your arm is attached to your body. Here's some ibuprofen. Cool. Well, can you put the strip inside my arm? Can you put it on my shoulder? Okay. No. No. Okay. Good. Nope. Fine. Great. Yeah, get actual medical oh, care. Oh, just some chocolate milk from downstairs. I have to get it myself. I wish I'd had chocolate okay. milk. I'm asking. I've never, I didn't go to, my college didn't have like a cafeteria. Oh, yeah, no, no. We had a health center. You, you went for stuff. And then I, on the way out, I looked at the bowl of uh, condoms that would have done me no good in college. Uh, <laughs> I, I even like, look, the Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey match was not a great match. However, this is a rhetorical question. I will answer it. I swear. What is the main problem with Ronda Rousey on the WWE roster? The main problem is that she is not someone that you want to cheer. Like, that happened very briefly. And then then she came in, and the more we've seen of her, she's not the greatest on the mic. That's okay. And And what it really took off for her in that initial run was when she's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm an MMA fighter. I'm better than anybody on this roster, and I will tear you all apart physically. Anybody who gets in my way. So they bring her back and and they bring her back as as a face. It does not Mm. work. It just does not work. Outside of the initial pop for seeing her at the Royal Rumble 
I would argue that it has it really has not worked so well for her. And they turn her heel again, and they find a good reason to do it. She is she is a motivated and not only that but a correct heel because the ref screwed her over and didn't see what happened that she tapped she mm-hmm. tapped out Liv Morgan before the count happened and in a wrestling match even if they do it at apparently the same time it's whatever which, whichever action is initiated first would constitute the pinfall or submission mm-hmm. so in this case she would have won by submission I love her freaking out and attacking the refs they can suspend her. Get her off the roster for a little while. I don't think it will be that long. I like them turning her heel. Even that felt like, yeah, that's a step in the right direction. No, she has to be a heel. Because, like, she doesn't care. Like, you can say anything you want about someone. You can say that, like, hey, I don't like Roman Reigns as a face. I don't like that he's being shoved in my face. Okay, great. Does he seem like he cares? Does he seem like he is trying? Ronda Rousey has never seemed like she cares. Mm. Put aside all of the other myriad reasons you have for like being like, Ronda Rousey is a piece of shit and I can never buy her as a face. She doesn't care. Look at Logan Paul. You don't have to like him. You don't have to have any feelings about him. But you know what? He treats it like it's important to him. Whether or not you think that he cares about wrestling or if you think it's just like another way for him to try to make money or get over Whatever you might feel, he sells you on the idea that he believes and buys into what wrestling is and that he is trying. You know, I can't stand Logan Paul. I've disliked him for yeah, years and years. As a person. Long before he entered that forest in, in Japan, I disliked him yeah. and everything that he stood for because it seemed to me like He's famous just for being famous, being famous, but even then, not really. But then he so then he shows up and they bring him, bring him on to WWE and they try to make him a face. And it is a flop. The audience hates him and rightfully so. He is a bad person. So they turn him heel. Great. He shows up at WrestleMania with The Miz and is so perfect in his role that you're like, oh, hold on. He's real good. Like. This I I I don't oh, want to do. We had I, text is, messages. This, yeah. We had text messages. We had text. This is not necessarily apples to apples, and Lindsay's not here, which is the only reason I'll say this. And I'm hoping she doesn't listen. <laughs> bad Bunny is. Oh, I'm a player. Bad Bunny is. Oh, I'm, a is I'm a clip. Bad it. Bunny I'm a is very good at being in wrestling matches. Logan Paul is a WWE superstar. There is a difference between the two. When I see Bad Bunny, I'm like, oh, he's really good, and he gets it, and he loves it. Bad Bunny. And, is a very good celebrity performer. Exactly. Kurt Angle didn't have the advantage of being an on-camera personality who who no. made a large living talking to people. So it's not really a fair, a fair comparison. However, they're both amateur wrestlers who are now professional wrestlers. Apparently, yes. Logan Paul had a scholarship to be a D1 wrestler. And then he wound yes, up being big which on I did not know. Didn't go. I didn't know either. But everything he does in the ring looks crisp. He knows how to cut a promo. The crowd like almost didn't hate him. At SummerSlam, like he pulled it off and he's going to be a special attraction because that's just the nature of who he is. He signed up, he said multi-year, multi-event deal. That doesn't mean we're going to see him every week. But I'm blown away at how good he is, at how good it all looks. His frog splash is like a million times better than Rey Mysterio's blood 
I'm not trying to be the guy in Shang-Chi who's like, I took some karate classes at the Y, so I'm going to rate this fight as it happens. Like, that's not me at all. But uh, if you look at those two frog splashes side to side, there is a big difference. And one of them looks way better than the other. And a ton of credit goes to The Miz, who is a perpetually underrated wrestler. And he proved it again on Monday night, like how good he is, how crisp he is. But a ton of credit to Logan Paul. Let's go to the flip side of that. Of the celebrity side, which is a guy who is Mm -hmm. definitely compelling, definitely charismatic, and is a good wrestler, obviously a professional athlete. But I would give Happy Corbin a lot more credit for how good their match was Mm -hmm. than I would Pat McAfee. Not that he doesn't deserve credit, not that he wasn't, not that he didn't do a good job, but it felt like the announcer's coming in and he's going to wrestle and you're going to be surprised he can wrestle. Again, Logan Paul's a WWE superstar. And Pat McAfee is not. No, there's Pat McAfee is great. Again, I I will take nothing away from him, but there is a difference between Logan has clearly, you can see it. He's been training with Helms Mm -hmm. for months. Like he's been doing the work. Is he great at boxing? Who knows? Is he great at whipping up the media to make people who would not normally buy pay-per-views for boxing, buy into his boxing Mm -hmm. events? Mm -hmm. Yes. So even if he wasn't good at wrestling, he would still be able to make people buy into watching WWE to watch him wrestle. And the fact that he's actually good is kind of like irritating. (laughs) Because it's like, you don't actually have to be. You could actually be mid and people would still like do it. Just suck. Um, and the fact that you're good is kind of actually irritating. The ultimate heel maneuver being good at wrestling. Before we leave this segment, I know you wanted us to be done five minutes ago, but I need another five minutes, Julian, because I don't want to wrap up any conversation of SummerSlam without talking about how fantastic the the Street Profits Usos match was. Everything is so crisp with those two. I saw there's one part uh, where Montez Ford was doing like a front flip into a neck breaker and it when he locked it in it looked like they were both magnetized like how smooth and how how well it came together and I think it was the right move to not have them win it looks like we're moving towards Montez Ford maybe turning heel and splitting off which I actually really like to like let him he feels like the one who would be a heel. He feels like he's over. I think both of them could be huge single stars. I worry. I think it's too early to break them up because I think that as soon as they do. Angela Dawkins is gone. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But I think as soon as they do, because of where they're at right now, until they build both of them up equally, it is going to be a fucking rockers situation. Like. Montez Ford is clearly going to be fucking, they're going to strap a rocket to his back. Uh, Rightfully so. And I think that both of them equally have a shot at being dope. And that's why I'm like, I would honestly, I think that they shouldn't break them up until Mania. It's possible. But let me ask you two questions real quick. Who was Mm -hmm. in charge when the rockers split up? Look, I know. Wait, no, just uh, just who was in charge? Well, it was well, it was Vinnie Mac. And who's in charge now? I know, and you're right because when DIY broke up, they took care of both Gargano and Ciampa until Daddy Trips was no longer around. You're right. You're right. You're right. I just worry because I want both of them to succeed. Where is the hope? 
Because I have hope everywhere else. <laughs> you used up all your I'm hope. Spend- you no, 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 no. This is also part of my hope. And part of my hope yeah. is you build both of them up so both of them feel like equally they could be someone who's important. For sure. And then instead of teasing that they might split up, you just have it be like a thing that happens at WrestleMania. And it's like, oh, shit, they're both so over that who do I go for? Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. I don't know if it's going to head that way. Who knows? But that match was so good. Uh, like, there's no celebrity in it. It's not the huge match that kicked off the show that had Bailey and Io Shirai and Dakota Kai yeah. come out at the end. And it wasn't the- It's rising the stars. In, the insane- I mean, those shows are, are not rising stars anymore. But, well, no. but Street Profits definitely are. And- Yeah. They just look great. I just love that match. And the fact that you can look looking that good against the Usos, Mm -hmm. they know that their legacy is intact. Mm -hmm. They know who they are, especially once they became Uso, like Uso Penitentiary, they they got into this mode. They know that they're like, okay, and they're doing good. I seem like they do a very good job at putting other people over. The Titans gear was so good. I showed it to Jennifer. Just so she could see it, because I was so excited. Honestly, watching Summer, I, I've been going through a period where watching mm. wrestling has felt more like homework than a joy, and watching SummerSlam made me fall in love with it again. And I think it's important to have events. No, like I that. think that's where we all kind of were. Where it was like, I'm, we're watching it, waiting, and it is like, look, if we felt like wrestling was hopeless, we wouldn't still be watching it. We were yeah. watching because we were like. Well, I want to like make sure that I have the background ready because when it starts getting to be the thing that I love again, it's going to be worth it that I know all this. Yeah. If you have any thoughts on the soap opera that was SummerSlam, you can tell us about it on our Facebook group. Plus, you can hear more about what we thought about wrestling on our Twitter pages. Find links to those in our show notes. And when we come back, we've got even more to say about Monday Night Raw. Hey there, quick favor to ask. Will you help us out by taking a five-minute survey at MaximumFun.org survey? As you know, most of the support for MaxFun comes directly from folks like you, but many of our shows and our network also rely on limited advertising for some revenue. This survey helps us attract advertisers that are a good fit for the audiences of our shows, and it helps many of our hosts secure a bit of extra income. It should only take a few minutes to complete, and you'll get a discount at MaxFun store when you do. That's MaximumFun.org survey. Thanks. Ties and Bites Podcast Ties and Bites Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland and I'm joined today by Danielle Radford. Let's talk more about Raw, which had Triple H's fingerprints all over it. So we follow up one of my favorite SummerSlams ever with a Raw that just like just in case you thought it was a fluke we get two triple threat matches that result in the winners of those triple threat matches facing each other for a chance to face Bobby Lashley for the United States title so we're mm-hmm. making a huge deal out of the United States title and who is going to do it so the first match is Miz Mustafa Ali and AJ Styles in a fantastic match Miz looks great. He's in pain because of the Logan Paul match, so he's got tape around his ribs, but still looks great. 
Then you got Ali looks fantastic. And AJ Styles always looks great. He moves the way that you move when you don't think gravity exists. Yes. If you don't believe in gravity, that's how you move. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't believe. I'm just saying we don't know. I'm not I'm not saying he doesn't think that gravity exists. I don't know I'm if saying he does. that he has questions. I'm saying he watched the Davy and Goliath where they talk about God's law of gravity. And he was like, yep. Uh, Davy. Dave. Hi, Davy. Do you know God's law of gravity? I've watched way too many episodes of that. I've told you about that, right? We'll talk after. We'll, we'll talk I've offline. I've also seen many, many episodes of First time, long time. Um, I worked at a place- before Hulu that was trying to do streaming and one of the streaming play thing like shows yeah. we had um access to was Davy and Goliath. Was Bible Man the other one? No. Couldn't get that one. I wish that was actually more interesting. It's an anyway, first time now. long time. We'll talk offline. Sounds good. <laughs> I'll I'll hang up and listen to your answer. So AJ Styles wins that triple threat match. Then if you're not sure who who is now running the show, the next triple threat match is Chad Gable, Tommaso Ciampa, and Dolph Ziggler. And Chad Gable Every time I hear the shush, I can't help but smile. He's so good. He really is like a modern. He's the closest thing we have to Kurt Angle on the roster. He's so good in that role. He's such a fantastic wrestler. Always has been. The Alpha Academy was great. It's a a, a shame what happened to Jason Jordan. Kurt Angle's black son. Kurt Angle's black son. Yes. It's a shame what happened to Kurt Angle Jr. But Chad Gable has been through so much at that company, including not being on television for a long time and then being Shorty G. But now he's Chad Shorty Gable again. G was tragic. This is so good. Alpha Academy. I'm in. I'm in for it. And who wins that match? Who would you expect to win that match? Probably Dolph Ziggler. He's been on TV a lot lately. Obviously, he's back. He's a safe choice. He's he is a a I believe he's had the U.S. title. But you you have him. He seems like the obvious choice. Him and AJ would be a fun match. would be perfectly fine. But who wins? Tomasa Ciampa. Then you have Ciampa versus AJ Styles and another fantastic match. Ciampa could have been on the, on the main roster probably three years ago. Would have been fine. And now here he is winning a match against AJ Styles. Is he going to be the guy who beats Bobby Lashley? Probably not. Was he featured in a major way, including getting to, to cut a promo backstage? Like this show... Felt like it was all about featuring people who haven't been on TV in a while who are real good and and who you would say if only they had a chance, they would be huge and the crowd um, would I'll ask them. you a question. Please? When was the last time you were looking for a match from any of these people? I mean, AJ's the only one who who's sort of been afloat the whole time. He's been somewhere, always been somewhere doing something. But And this felt important. It did feel important. They all wanted it. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're it's a placebo pill. Like, no, there aren't fewer cuts. No, there aren't blah, 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 blah. But like, you can kind of feel a vibe when it feels like the performers are having more fun than they've been having. Mm -hmm. You can feel it. I'm sorry. You can. We're performers here. Julian's a producer who produces performers for a living. Yes. You know when folks were into it and when they're not into it and they're phoning it in. This felt like they meant it. Like it wasn't, a, it, they don't have to do a full reset. They have a lot of stars in place, but this is about showcasing people who either haven't been showcased really yes. strongly in a long time or like, yes. like here's Ciampa who's been kind of idling in the background in this run and him really getting a chance to show what he can do. Ciampa should be like 
puck on the indies. Ciampa should be like, fuck you. I'm coming in and I'm fucking you up. Oh, when when he wrestles the Miz, it's going to be great. He's going to hurt him. And it's, that's why yeah. we like him. Yes. He hurts people. Yes. Here is another great example. I, I have two more great examples of this from this show. We'll start with the one that's maybe not the best example because it's not like he hasn't been in the public eye. And that is there's both members of Street Profits coming out uh, when Seth Rollins, both of them wanting to wrestle Seth Rollins. But mm. Montez Ford has a referee with him already and runs in and claims the match. And mm. they proceed to have an absolute banger of, of a match. Seth Rollins is, you don't have to like him, but he's really, really good. There are a lot of times where I've been annoyed by him. But you can't deny how you good he is You can be annoyed and still acknowledge that someone is good at their job. And he absolutely made Montez Ford look like a superstar, even in a loss. Like, that was a fantastic match. So then we get sort of the, this is a sneak preview of what it would look like if Montez Ford was a single star. Not just, not just doing the normal tag team program thing of, like, one member of each team wrestling one another. Which, that is fine and everybody's real talented and all that. But this felt different. Then... Maybe the the best version of that is Io Sky wrestling Bianca mm. Belair, which again was a fantastic match. Again turns into a schmoz, which it sort of has to. Just the way Bailey and Dakota Kai and Io Sky look, it's just they look dominant. They look great. Bailey's fantastic. She's carrying it over on social media, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I just, again, it's like here, I, I just can't get over how much I enjoyed the show. And I didn't expect to enjoy the whole thing as much as I did. Well, no, you're not usually a big, like, raw guy. No, I'm definitely more of a, a SmackDown kind of mm-hmm. dude. Uh, NXT was also very good. And, uh, yeah, NXT was good, too. I actually did enjoy EXT, NXT, but I also, I love the the recurring theme of Dominic getting his ass handed to him by Rhea Ripley all over all over this fine line okay, of Okay, we really have to talk about yeah. that. Dominic getting his ass kicked by Rhea Ripley is the best thing that has ever happened to either of them. That's true. He needs to be dominated. <laughs> his name's Dom. <laughs> he needs to be dominated by someone who is clearly better than him. Because WWE's backwards, weird-ass thing about intercon or intergender mm-hmm. stuff i need to see her do more pile driving him to death <laughs> and then edge spears him by mistake like he's got to be turning heel i and i love the telegraphing of it i love them bringing him in i think it would be they have to separate him from daddy at some point no they have to because he can't i mean my honestly he's got to go to nxt mm. And have people be like, your daddy's not here. He can't protect you. And literally just do a run of people. Give her the book. He needs that. Give her the book. But he doesn't have time anymore. Like, that's a story for them to have told earlier. Well. And I don't know if they can do it now. Who was in charge earlier? I know, babe. <laughs> Who's in charge now? You're right. I know you're right. Who's in charge now? Who, who, I know. Who's in I know. <laughs> All right, just to wrap it up here, we're really like two shows in to the Triple H era. How are you feeling? I mean, obviously, I'm actually looking forward to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm Me feeling. Too. 
I am. I'm looking forward to SmackDown. I'm looking forward to Raw. And I think that says it all. If you've got more to say out there about the new direction of WWE, go to our Facebook group via the links in our show notes. And when we come back, we've got a couple things from the wrestling world that we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Bites. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. (laughs) Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, addiction to TV and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. (laughs) There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses. Hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by Danielle Radford. This week we're going to share some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Danielle, what would you like to put over? <laughs> I'm not going to put over the whole thing. The Iliad. Sean Ross Sapp got into it last weekend in Nashville with someone. Apparently, the uh, their whole deal was that the dude whose name I will not mention because fuck him, he is a racist, misogynist, blah, 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 whatever, um, was like, if I ever see this dude, I'll punch him in the face. And then they were in the same place. And then SRS was like, okay, dude, hit me in the face. And he was like, no. And then he was like, okay, everything is weird and dumb and we're adults. But I will say, if you are a person who says racist, transphobic, misogynist things and tell someone that you're like, oh, if I ever see you in person, I'm going to punch you in the face and beat the shit out of you. And then you see them in person and they bitch you out. Just take the L. Just take the L. The the thing that I love about our podcast is that we're not actually involved in any of yeah. the wrestling drama that happens. I don't want to fight podcast. anybody. I don't, if you threaten to punch me, I'm not going to show up. How about that? <laughs> you know who will yeah. show up if there's a threat of violence? Me. Brock Lesnar. No, not Brock Lesnar. Stop it. <laughs> no, Lindsay it's can't me. be here. But uh, I, first, I want to play this clip to set up what she would have put over had she been here. Here's a clip. Introducing a big ass country boy weighing 285 pounds coming here tonight to kick Roman Reigns' ass in the last man. Ladies and gentlemen, Barack Lesnar. Now, this is great in and of itself. The mic toss is great. The catch by Roman Reigns and the pursuant wink is also great. But what Lindsay would put over uh, if she were here right now recording uh, would be him 
standing up in the ring and leaving with his cowboy hat after the match had ended. Because that is what cowboys do. That's some cowboy shit right there. All right. I would like to put over something from Twitter, a tweet. No. I'm going to read the tweet. You never do. What? You never do this. I'm going to do it. Let me do this, please. Let me. I'm trying something new. I love this. I'm going to read the tweet and then I will tell you who did it. You will probably figure it out really fast. Here it is. In 2017, I separated my shoulder in a match on Raw. I finished the match and won. I then had to drop out of my (laughs) title match at SummerSlam because I wasn't medically cleared to compete. When I poured my heart out the next week to let fans know, I was booed out of the building. So what? Yes, yes. Doctor, can I guess? Yes, doctor, go ahead. Is this Bailey? It is Bailey. Ah, I'm making Muppet faces. Ah, So good. So good. We love it. That is what I'm putting over. And because he would edit me out of this podcast if I didn't let him ring in. He has so many opinions, and he just ate some Pizza Hut. They're not paying us to say this. Julian, what do you want to put over? <clears throat> I'm going to put over who out pizzaed the hut. No, um, <laughs> nobody, nobody. I'm going to. I'm going to put over NXT, mm. which I haven't watched in uh, I want to say six months, maybe even sure. more. I know it's not terrible. <laughs> it just was not what. I wanted to see from uh, from a wrestling program. So I just kind of just politely bowed out, let everybody else who wanted to see the world of color every Tuesday night to just tune in. But I did decide to watch it this time because even though I don't think it's, I think of the three televised WWE shows, this is the one that is least likely to, to change that much because Triple H still has his buds running it from the most part. I actually really liked how much of the the women's tag, they kind of built the show around the women's tag team titles the same mm-hmm. way that Raw was built around yes. the US titles, mm-hmm. which was very, very cool. And it was really, really fun to just see all these teams. And honestly, I saw a lot of people who were kind of like, you know, aren't sure if they're like optimistic about WWE changing that much under Triple H and Stephanie's regime. I don't know if they're suddenly going to do a lot of like really good things to do right by a ton of their workers. I don't know how much that's going to be true. But if we're just talking about how much the TV shows, the quality of the TV shows themselves are going to improve, I think you can bet on them being a lot better now. And that means the women's tag titles, if, uh, you know, Bianca and Sasha do decide to come on back, I think that they will be taken much more seriously mm-hmm. and be, be treated with much more priority than they were before. And I feel I, I, I put money on that. So I'll put the cash app in the in the show mm-hmm. notes if you guys want to bet me on that. And uh, yeah, we'll see how this goes in a year. All right. When I'm rich. Bet extended. <laughs> Julian looking to buy himself a very nice car. That does it for this episode <laughs> of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Danielle Radford along with me, Hal Lublin. You can follow me at Hal Lublin for all the latest Hal Lublin news. And why wouldn't you want that? Danielle. Yeah, just find me on Danielle Radford on all of the stuff. I'll let you know when I do things. I love you. That's a, that's a deal. Our producer is the punderkind, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members who keep this show going. We couldn't do it without you, and we do it for you. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels in the show notes. That's also where you can find the official Tights and Fights t-shirt. Didn't know about it? Now you do. What are you going to do about it? Buy one and wear it? Why am I being aggressive? I'm glad you're doing that. Thank you. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tyson 
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.